Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is JP Josh. Thank you for tuning in, especially after me not being on the radio or on the podcast last week, not on the radio yet, uh, not on the podcast last week because my internet was down. My internet decided to pull a Jeffrey Epstein and kill itself. No, the, uh, my internet provider had some issues, so he couldn't go on the podcast because I couldn't record without internet because I can't get my notes without internet. Dumb system, I know. But what's very dumb, even dumber than my internet system, is that UK data shows COVID vaccines actually prevent full immunity from COVID-19. This is from the Daily Veracity. Newly released data from the UK shows that the COVID vaccine may actually prevent the vaccinated population from acquiring full immunity even after they have been infected with virus following vaccination. The British government today revealed in its newest vaccine surveillance report that N-antibody levels appear to be lower in people who acquire infection following two doses of vaccination. According to the report, the vaccine interferes with your body's national ability after infection to produce antibodies against not just the spike protein, but the other pieces of the virus. Vaccinated people are, as opposed to unvaccinated people with natural infection, don't seem to be producing the antibodies in the nucleocapsid. Capicid, I don't know, nuclear capside, I'm going to say, protein, the shell of the virus, which is a crucial part of the response. If the data is accurate, those who are fully vaccinated will be far more vulnerable to mutations in the spike protein even after they have gotten the vi- had the virus following vaccination. The virus will also be far more likely to, f- to select for mutations in that direction and provide the virus with an enormous vulnerable population to infect. What have we said since the beginning? The people who are ignoring natural immunity when it comes to the vaccine, the people who are ignoring the fact that you can get the vaccine while vaccinated and you or get, get the virus while vaccinated and you can face off the virus if you're catching it a second time after you have natural immunity, the people who have been ignoring that and telling you to just get the shot, just, just comply and get the shot are now facing worse immunity than the people with natural immunity because your body building up the ability to fight off a vaccine itself rather than having to have the assistance of a man-made product, which the vaccine is man-made, or the the viruses was man-made, but needing the the product of a man-made vaccine to fight off a virus is not how our immune system was built. Our immune system was built to fight off what we can, and then we're going to die or get very ill if we can't. And obviously, if if you're afraid of that, get the vaccine. But as you see here... In this article, you're more likely to die from COVID-19 if you get the vaccine than you are if, you're, if you don't, if you've already had it once. Wow. That, that, that's groundbreaking information that you're not going to hear on the mainstream media. You're not going to hear on the big tech platforms. You're not going to hear on your average radio show or on your average podcast. This is the only place that's going to provide you with this information if you're trying to decide if you want to get the vaccine or not, my decision is not. But I am not making I'm not your doctor. This information is crucial. This information released by the British government should be released to every person in America. It should be on every major news stream. It should be on every major news channel. It should be on every major show. Tucker Carlson and Chris Cuomo should both be talking about this. Laura Ingram. And Don Lemon should both be talking about this. And if you can't realize that this this is this isn't propaganda, this is true information. 
what they're shoving down your throat, the vaccine is the best way to fight off the virus, is propaganda. It is propaganda. This should be on the chyron of CNN, MSNBC, MSDNC, uh, Fox News, OAN, Newsmax, which they might be having it, but we know the mainstream, the lamestream media is not is not providing you with this crucial information, and that is sad, my friends. That is sad. You know what else is sad? The FDA panel rubber stamps COVID injection for kids 5 to 11. And you know why they said this? They said you're never going to learn how safe the vaccine is until we start giving it. A Food and Drug Administration advisory committee recommends on Tuesday the COVID-19 injection for children ages 5 to 11, despite admitting not knowing the long-term risks. Now, this, this show, which I know lately in the past few weeks it has been, this show is not the home of anti-vax propaganda. And it's not even propaganda what I've been saying. But I am anti-vaccine. I am anti this COVID-19 vaccine. And if this show is going to be used to get critical information about the vaccine out to the American people, that's what I'm going to use it as. That's how it's going to be used. Because the FDA advisory committee saying that you should get your child, your five-year-old child, vaccinated for COVID-19, not knowing the risks, not knowing the long-term effects of this vaccine is insane. A five-year-old could live 65, 70, 75 more years This vaccine will always be in their body. And I'm going to repeat the same thing that got me taken off of YouTube. If down the road, 10 years down the road, there is a major vaccine side effect, even a minor vaccine side effect, that we can't predict, that we don't know of right now, whose blood is going, the blood's going to be on whose hands? Not the one who is saying don't get the vaccine. Not the one who is saying make the choice if you want the vaccine. It's going to be the ones mandating the vaccine. Whether you're a mom and you mandate it for your children, or you're the president of the United States and you mandate it for your constituents. That's the blood. That, that's whose blood is going to be on their hands. That, that, that's, that's who's going to happen to. And it's going to be President Biden. If you can even call him a president. It's going to be the Democrats that are pro-vaccine mandate and the Republicans that are pro-vaccine mandate because there are some out there. We should not be promoting this vaccine in my personal opinion. But yeah, FDA panel, this is from InfoWars, rubber stamps COVID injection for kids 5 to 11. Never going to learn how safe the vaccine is until we start giving it. So let's check this article out here. A Food and Drug Administration advisory committee recommended on Tuesday the COVID-19 injection for children ages 5 to 11 despite admitting not knowing the long-term risks. The FDA Vaccine and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee voted a panel 17 to 0 to approve a lower dose of the Pfizer COVID injection for about 28 million American children through emergency use authorization. The panel convened to answer the following question. Based on the totality of science evidence available, do the benefits of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine when administered as a two-dose series outweigh its risks for use in children ages 5 to 11? 
Dr. Eric Rubin, one of the voting members, admitted nobody knows the long-term effects of the COVID-19 injection in children, which is why it should be approved. Let's play the clip. But we're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it. Um, That's just the way it goes. We're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is until we start giving it. That's the way it goes. And I think we should vote to approve it. That clip cuts off. In other words, they need to approve it to experiment on America's children to learn if it's safe for America's children. How? How how are we as a society allowing these people to try to force your five-year-old child, may not even be in kindergarten yet, to get this COVID vaccine? I want to Google something really quick. COVID-19 deaths by age. And I've been bringing this up every week on the show. Because 0 to 17-year-olds have died from COVID-19. Let's see. It's about to finish loading. 542 times. Since January of 2020. Last updated as of the 20th of uh, October. So we're probably getting new data later today that I'm recording this on Wednesday or tomorrow. 542 deaths. Your child is more likely to die from the common cold than they are COVID-19. And you know schools in places like California, schools in places like Florida, not Florida, I'm sorry, not Florida, and places like New York are going to mandate this vaccine for children. You know that's coming. The FDA briefing document the panel used to come to its conclusion outright admitted it has no available data for myocarditis cases in children 5 to 11. So it assumes it would be about the same notable myocardius rate as children 12 to 15. Anthony Fauci said Sunday that the COVID shot will likely be quickly approved if the FDA panel signed off on it. If all goes well and we will get the regulator- regulatory approval and the recommendation from the CDC, it is entirely possible, if not very likely, the vaccines will be available for children from 5 to 11 within the first week or two of November. And I say this every week. Are you getting it yet, folks? These people have the power to force you to inject your children with an experimental vaccine. They have that power. And do you think they're not going to take it? We don't know. And I've been saying this for weeks, but I didn't think someone on the FDA panel was going to come out and say it. But... We're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it. Um, that's just the way it goes. That's- We're never going to learn how safe the vaccine is and still, until we start giving it. I'm going to play that clip one more time. But we're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it. Um, that's just the way it goes. That's- Dr. Eric Rubin. I'm playing it one more time. I, I want to try to actually make sure that that's the right name. This clip is very but low quality. We're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it. Um, that's just the way it goes. So, your child is now a science experiment. 
Your child is now a guinea pig. Because if the government has the way they want it, if Dr. Fauci and the FDA, Mr. Fauci and the FDA, because we're going to get into more about him here in a bit, have the way they want it to go, you will not have control over your child's medical decisions. (laughs) Really. That is the society they want us to live in. All that power. We started giving it to them in 2019 and 2020 with the COVID with COVID-19 to begin with. And they are taking that power and seizing more of it and taking more of it until they have you like little puppets on a string like Joe Biden is, like little puppets on a string just doing their little dance they want them to do. They want you to do. But some good news. The New York City's police, biggest police union sues over the city's vaccine mandate, according to the New York Times. The largest police union in New York City asked a judge on Monday to allow unvaccinated police officers to continue working despite the city's recently imposed vaccine mandate, which requires all municipal workers to have received at least one dose of the COVID vaccine by November 1st. In a lawsuit filed in Staten Island, which is the home of many police officers and has a vaccination rate that lags behind the citywide average, the Police Benevolence Association of New York said it opposes a vaccine mandate for police officers that is not allowing the option of getting tested weekly instead of being mandated, uh, vaccinated. The lawsuit also claims that the mandate, which the mayor announced last week, does not contain sufficient protections for officers who might object to the vaccine because of religious beliefs. Mayor Bill de Blasio said that the city will be offering religious accommodation, but that valid religious exemptions are rare. I have so much prop for police officers. I have since 2020, and we realized how much under attack they were. And I backed the blue into the blue blacks, into the blue backs tyranny. I mean, we've talked about that before on my social media pages. Good police officers are hard to find. And they aren't really that hard to find. But but when you back tyranny and when you back a, a tyrannical government, that's when that's when I'm done with you. That's when I'm done with what you have to say. When you back a stolen election, when you back this and that, that's when I'm done with you. And these police officers in New York City are strong. They're standing up to Bill de Blasio They have my prayers, they have my support, and I hope that they can win their appeal because this vaccine should not be mandatory. You know what should be mandatory, though? Not allowing President Biden to walk around coughing on people. This is from the Washington Examiner. Maskless Biden appears to cough or clear throat in hand before a meet and greet. President Joe Biden appeared to cough or clear his throat with his hand raised to his mouth before shaking hands with audience members following a New Jersey speaking event Monday. The 78-year-old, 78-year-old president who was maskless walked off the stage and greeted a line of people shaking their hands and pulling one individual in close for words video shows. Biden was in the Garden State to discuss his Build Back Better agenda with the bipartisan infrastructure deal. Less than a week earlier, Senate Secretary of Homeland Security Alexandria Mayorkas tested positive for COVID-19 just days after being with Biden in an event where they were unmasked but outdoors. Super spreader Joe Biden. Super spreader Joe Biden. President Trump was spreading super spreader events all around the country, and President Joe Biden is literally spooked for spreading COVID himself. And then he went, he 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 was in Virginia last night for Terry McAuliffe, which it's kind of funny. You can tell a Democrat's afraid of losing their election when they bring in the senile old man. <sighs> Super spreader Biden. I, I personally think this article is funny. I'm not scared of COVID. I don't think the majority of people in the audience were scared of COVID or else they wouldn't have went. 
But it's, it's just funny that the president of the United States is coughing and then shaking everyone's hand and coughing and shaking everyone's hand and coughing and shaking everyone's hand. It, it, it's funny. Um, not really funny because he's that senile, but it's funny that, that, that that's acceptable by the president of the United States and the president of the United States only. So we're, we're getting away from COVID and we're going to go back towards the issue of abortion because abortion is a big issue. In a divided vote, the second city in the state of Ohio enacts a sanctuary city for the unborn ban on abortion in um, – this is from the Associated Press. A second Ohio city has voted to criminalize abortion within its limits and the Associated Press. I don't want to sign up for your newsletter. To criminalize abortion within its limits, a largely symbolic move decried by abortion rights backers as con- – as unconstitutional at a raucous hours-long meeting. I think it's how you pronounce that. I don't know. A divided city council in Mason, a city of about 30,000, located 25 miles northeast of Cincinnati, approved the ordinance 4-3 to three Monday, deferring its effective date for 30 days. The Cincinnati Inquirer reports that Republicans in the panel disagreed over whether the move was within the city's authority. Anti-abortion and abortion rights protesters demonstrated outside Mason's municipal building and filled the cha- council chambers to capacity. Neither Mason nor Lebanon, which is the first city in Ohio to ban abortions in May, has any abortion clinics or is planning any. The Mason Ordinance prevents possession within city limits of abortion-inducing drugs, including prescription misoprostol and mifepristine, but carries no penalties for someone seeking an abortion, which is is the right way to do it. Um, Banning the ability to get an abortion but not criminalizing the abortion itself is, is, is a good way to do that. Myoprostol and that other pill, I'm not going to name it because I don't know how to spell it, requires a prescription and are administered in some doctor's offices, abortion clinics, and Planned Parenthood health centers. The legislation includes exceptions for accidental miscarriages, uh, edocoptic, edocoptic pres- pregnant pregnancies, and the life of the mother. Mason Councilman Mike Gibb, who voted yes, Gilb, said, we should be clear that we don't support the business of death, that all lives matter from the moment your heart starts beating to the moment it stops beating. I want to add to this quote from Natural Death. Councilmember Diana Nelson, who opposed the ordinance, said it defies the supremacy clause of the U.S. Constitution, which states that federal law prece- uh, precedence over state law. Abortion remains legal in Ohio and the rest of the country following a 1973 U.S. Supreme Court decision that says women have a constitutional right to seek an abortion. Other small Ohio cities, Salina and Mercer County and London and Madison County, are considering similar measures part of the national effort emanating uh, from Right to Life East Texas. Ohio is one of three states targeted so far. Uh, Selena City Council voted 4-2 against an abortion ban uh, there on its first reading Monday. The ordinance will still move forward to the second and third readings. So uh, it's a great movement. Uh, Sanctuary Cities for the Unborn is a great movement. Uh, I think his name is Mike or Mark. Mike. Uh, let's see here. Mike Lee. I, I've Googled him before. Mark Lee. Mark Lee Dixon. I can't. Click on the right button on Google. Mark Lee Dixon, he is from East Texas. He is the uh, director with Right to Life East, Te- East Texas. He's a great patriot who stands up for the right to life. I'm very happy that he is coming to the state of Ohio, uh, going going to more cities in the state of Ohio all around the state to propose this legislation, get this legislation passed, and get this legislation enacted. Because it doesn't matter if there is an abortion clinic or not, preventing the opening of one is very important. Preventing 
women from murdering their children is very important. If, if you disagree, you shouldn't be listening to this show. If you disagree, this show is not for you. Because when I can vote in about three years, I'll be able to vote in the Republican primary in 2024. That's going to be one of my most important issues. Is if, if you allow women to murder their children because it's inconvenient to them, I'm not going to support you. And you shouldn't be listening to the show. You shouldn't be listening to this program. Um, abortion is cruel. It's... It, Children that young can feel pain, whether you believe it or not, and allowing them to get murdered because they are considered an inconvenience is not only inhumane, inhumane, it's wrong, it's disgusting, and it's cruel. It's cruel. Something else cruel is calling parents domestic terrorists for deciding to hop into the mm, school boards and speak their mind. Because Democrats want their parents out of education. Democrats don't want you involved in your child's education. The National School Board Association has apologized for a letter that called President Joe Biden to use the Justice Department of Homeland Security, or the Justice Department and the Department of Homeland Security, its National Threat Assessment Center, and other federal agencies to stop threats and act of violence on school officials during school board meetings. Threats and acts of violence don't happen during school board meetings. About a month after the association sent out its initial plea letter to the Biden administration, the NSBA has faced outrage on all sides from its members, state attorney generals, lawmakers, and parent advocacy groups. These critics say the involvement of the FBI in school board meetings would chill parents' free speech. The MSBA seems more concerned about suppressing speech with, with which it disagrees than real threats of violence. Nicole Neely, president of Parents Defending Education, a group working to reclaim our schools from activists opposing harmful agendas, said her group has emailed 47 state school board associations for comment on the MSBA's September 29th letter. Neely said 19 had distanced themselves from the group's letter, and many state school boards said they have not been made aware of the request ahead of time. On behalf of NSBA, we regret regret and apologize for the letter and memo from the MSBA's board said to its members there was no justification for some of the language included in the letter we should have had a better process in place to allow for, for consultation on a communication of the significance we apologize also for the strain and stress this has caused you and your organization a 19 million dollar trade association has nothing on a bunch of mad moms Nailey said in a statement in response to the apology more than 7500 people have also sent letters directly to the justice department she told politico in order to say that parents are not domestic terrorists yeah i support that a hundred percent speaking out against indoctrination and wokeness in your school is not being a domestic terrorist. There's there's so much difference. Not one act of violence has happened in a school board meeting. The only time anyone's been arrested is for trespassing because they ended the meeting early. How is that considered domestic terrorist threats? And conservatives are peaceful. The conservatives are the peaceful ones. The ones who believe in school choice and believe in American exceptionalism are the peaceful ones. And the fact that this this is just hilarious. I'm sorry. Yeah, these, these these parents who love their children want to make sure they're not being indoctrinated. These children are so, so, or these parents are so radical. These parents are so bad. These parents are this and that. No. <laughs> these parents are not so bad. They're not radical. They simply 
they simply believe in something different than you and you're going to consider them a domestic terrorist for that reason? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I, I applaud those parents for standing up to the school boards, for standing up to this and that. Thank you, parents, for standing up for your children's right to a good education. My name is J.P. Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay tuned. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader Podcast, GOPJosh.com. Make sure you rate five stars on Apple Podcasts if you can. It'd be greatly appreciated to help boost me up in the ratings a little bit. Liberals have tanked it, so it'd be greatly appreciated. Also, make sure you're listening on your preferred platform, because I think we're on every major and some minor podcast hosting websites now. So we're on like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. I can't think of a podcast platform or not on. But we're on TuneIn as well. That one was kind of difficult to get on, but we are on TuneIn. I like the app TuneIn, so of course I had to make sure we were on that app. So TikTok, Snapchat, and YouTube executives are grilled on impact on young users. This is a new article from ABC News. A Senate panel on Tuesday grilled executives from YouTube, TikTok, and Snapchat on what the social media companies are doing to ensure young users' safety in the wake of revelations about Facebook practices and alleged uh, allegations the platform needs to do more to prevent potentially harmful effect on kids. They have deepened America's concern and outrage, and have led to increasingly increasing calls for accountability. And there will be no account. And there will be accountability. Senate Commerce Co- Subcommittee Chairman Richard Blumenthal, D. Connecticut, said in his opening remarks regarding the newly exposed details on the inner workings of social media giants. We're hearing the same stories of harm caused by YouTube, TikTok, and Snapchat, Blumenthal said, calling for this, big tech, a big tobacco moment. This time is different. The subcommittee is seeking information from executives at TikTok, Snap, Inc., and YouTube on how critics say algorithms can magnify harm to children with the goal of passing legislation aimed to protect kids. Your parents, said ranking member Senator Marsha Blackburn, to witness to witnesses in her opening statement, what do you do to protect your child? Tuesday's hearing comes at the committee, subcommittee expands its scope after hearing from Facebook whistleblower Francis, Francis Hogan. I don't trust Francis Hogan, by the way. I'll get to the end of that later if you want me to. Uh, earlier this month, she alleged that executives' blatant disregard for concern when they learned her plat, pl- their platforms could have harmful effects on foreign democracies and their mental health of children. The hearing also marked the first time TikTok and Snapchat have testified before lawmakers, while Facebook has been called to more than 30 congressional hearings throughout the years, and YouTube executives have already appeared in front of Congress earlier in this year. Social media executives on Tuesday vigorously defended on how their platforms protect children from inappropriate content. We're concerned on set. We're going to determine takeaways. whether we Tech suspected blasted there were other for alleged lack of transparency. A- that's about it. Push for privacy legislation. I'm just not reading all this. Focus on potential real-world harms on kids. And now a clip is playing. I think I can mute this in post so you guys won't hear it. Um, and that's about it. So Trump has released Truth Social, which is a very a very um, good social media platform from what I can hear. It's not actually out yet. It's out in like February of 2022, so it'll have a big effect on the midterm elections. 
But Trump has announced this, and I want to tell you guys the difference between Truth Social as well as the difference between these new platforms, specifically in the way they create content. So so what we know about Truth Social now is it's going to be like a getter. It, it, the pictures remind me a lot about getter. If I can pull up these pictures, not that you guys will be able to see it if you're listening on the podcast. But Truth Social on the App Store reminds me a lot of Getter. So I can't open these pictures any larger. Um, It seems like a good platform, but it reminds me a lot of Getter. I don't think the interface is going to be as good as everyone expects when it comes to the, the actual app itself. Um... But I do think it has good potential to grow better. Grow better, not like Getter, but Truth Social, a Getter. It, it reminds me a lot of Getter is what I'm trying to get at. But it's censorship. It's not censorship prone. This won't be as censorable as Twitter and Facebook. It, it looks like it's trying to be Getter. And if you have used Getter, you know that Getter is a fake fa- or a fake Twitter. It's a, a Twitter for the public square. They advertise themselves as Twitter sucks, joins, join Getter. So this is trying to be like Getter in my mind. Um, I don't know if Trump was going to join Getter. They couldn't get uh, a, a deal with Mr. Uh, what's his name? What, what Jason, Jason Miller with the Trump campaign uh, who owns Getter. They couldn't get a deal or something, but he made something just like Getter. The difference is in the censorship aspect this interface looks a lot like twitter this interface looks a lot like the platform twitter and it looks a lot like getter but i don't think it's going to be as nice as Getter. but anyways anyways twitter is so prone to censorship that they will censor you and they're not afraid to censor you and they're not afraid to restrict your ability of speech but this platform goes farther than twitter goes farther than TikTok and Snapchat. This platform is going to be more than just a social media platform. Infowars, Trump announces Truth Social will challenge big tech dominance. Former President Donald Trump released a statement explaining how his new social media platform, Truth Social, is positioned to challenge big tech dominance, declaring it about saving our country. So I'm going to read this full statement. It's very long, but I'm going to read this full statement. It's about like, it's four pages long on screenshots by Liz Harrington. I'm actually just going to read her synopsis version that she posted because obviously it's the most important part. Last week, I announced the creation of a major new tech company that will challenge the dominance of the big tech giants and big tech bosses. For me, this endeavor is much about much more than politics. This is about saving our country. This is a statement from President Trump. There will be no shadow banning, throttling, demonetizing, or messaging or messing with algorithms for political uh, manipulation. Manipulation. We not be treating users like lab rats for social experiments or labeling labeling alternative views as disinformation. And truth social is only the beginning of our plans. So he also said, is it be as free, vibrant, lively, and diverse as America itself? And Truth Social is only the beginning of our plans. The Trump Media and Technology Group will also be launching an on-demand video streaming service that competes with the big, increasingly woke and politicized entertainment programming created by big tech and big media players. 
TMTG also sees the opportunities to create cancel-proof alternatives in other key ways, ranging from web services to payment processing. I respect this so much. Because I know there's a lot of conservatives out there who have been banned from payment processing. They have to use cryptocurrency to trade money and, and, and send donations to each other. And if President Trump is creating a payment processor that will prevent that, I am all on board. All on board. And I'm actually in, uh, I, I don't know, I'm actually not going to say what I was going to say. I said it on Twitter, but I don't know if, I, if it's legal or not. So, uh, I, a member of my family has invested in TMTG, I should say. I'm, I'm just saying a member of my family, not saying which member, maybe myself, I don't know. But anyways, uh, President Trump is creating something insane. But President Trump is creating the future of technology, creating the future of the internet. Hopefully this podcast will be on the platform once it launches. I hope so. I, I'd love that. I, I'm working on the graphic, making it look so good for our, my viewers out there. Got a really, really high-quality camera. It's actually just my iPhone, but it looks so good. And uh, very excited for this platform. President Trump is creating a ban-proof platform, a censorship-proof platform. And it's very... Very exciting. I'm very excited for it. Especially knowing that this podcast has been censored on places like YouTube, like I've said. Um, I've been, I've had many videos taken down by TikTok. So the fact that I can get this podcast out here on platforms like Truth Social, hopefully here in the future, I'm very excited for. Because I shouldn't be silenced. I'm a 15-year-old conservative. Just because my views are a little more right-wing in the mainstream doesn't mean that I should be silenced. Because if we allow political silence and political censorship in 2021, when I graduate from high school in 2024, it's going to be even worse. When I go to college, when I go to, uh, if I don't go to college, if I go to the workforce, it's going to be even worse. Eventually, you won't be able to say that you support a certain political party or political candidate without being destroyed and exiled from society. We're in America. We aren't in communist China. We're in America. We aren't in North Korea. We aren't in North Korea. And we should be able to say what we believe. And as far as I'm concerned, we can. And I will not back down. I I will be censored from every platform in this country. Every platform in the world before I'm silenced. And even then, I will find a way. To get my message across to you. Because I don't think I'll be banned from like Telegram. I don't think I'll be taken off the platform. But if it, if it happens. I will continue fighting. And I will not back down. And none of us can. None of us can. If you say it's spreading the vaccine misinformation. Don't back down. If you say. If you're, if you're told that you're a racist. When you're not a racist. I'm not a racist. Oh, when you're told you're homophobic. When you're told this and that. Don't back down. These words that don't mean anything. Are being used against us. To try to get us to back down. Get us out of the public square. And get us to stop voicing our opinions. And I will not stand for it. I will continue speaking my mind until I am six feet underground. Washington Post article, a Wisconsin judge ruled Monday that attorneys in the Kyle Rittenhouse murder trial could refer to the men the teen shot in Kenosha, Wisconsin last year as rioters, looters, and arsonists. They could not, however, describe Joseph Rosenbaum and Anthony Huber, who were killed, and Gage Grosskretz, who was wounded, as victims because the term is loaded. That's the full article. 
Kyle Rittenhouse trial is finally on. Um, I Kyle Rittenhouse, I I I can't. I don't know if I should say this or not. I don't think he did anything wrong. I don't think Kyle Rittenhouse did anything wrong. He stood up for himself. He protected himself. He was protecting businesses. He was doing what he should have done. Kyle Rittenhouse is an American hero. Stopping the rioters, looters, and arsonists that are not victims. If you are destroying property, if you are destroying livelihoods, you can be retaliated against. And that's what Kyle Rittenhouse did. You can be attacked yourself. And that's what Kyle Kyle Rittenhouse did. And I don't think that he did anything wrong. And I think this will set a precedent that you can protect your business, you can protect yourself in America without fear of exile, without fear of a life in prison or the death penalty, which we don't know what's going to happen yet because obviously the trial hasn't happened yet. It's happening now. I'm excited to see what happens in this trial. I hope Kyle Rittenhouse is protected because he should be. And I am very excited for this trial. I hope he gets to walk. Texas Governor Greg Abbott signs bill banning transgender girls from participating in female sports in schools. This is the biggest non-issue facing the country right now. This is the biggest non-issue issue facing the country right now. Texas Governor Greg Abbott signs bill sent into law a bill that bans transgender girl from participating in female sports in public schools, measure that goes further than current rules in the state that already limit some transgender students from participating in classes of sports aligned with their gender identity. Under House Bill 25, which will go into effect January 18th, student athletes will be allowed to participate in interscholastic athletic competitions only as part of teams that correspond with the sex listed on their birth certificate at or near the time of their birth. Most birth, modified birth certificates may be referred to only if they were edited or correct clerical errors, not in an individual legally changed sex on the documents. Good. This, this is a good thing. And I don't have a problem with this. The problem I do have is that it's such a non-issue. I, I can't name, in school, a single transgender athlete that I've heard an article about, that, I, that I've read about. This is a non-issue. What we need, what we, what we should be doing more of, and I don't know if it's Texas law or not, is stopping men from going into women's bathroom. To stop men, human men, from going into the same restroom as women and putting them in a state of fear, putting them in a state where they cannot protect themselves, putting them in a state of this and that. This is such a non-issue. This is a culture war in a unimportant culture war issue at that because this is this is such a non-issue this is such a non-issue I mean I, I respect the virtue signaling but this 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 bill does nothing there is not a single transgender athlete in the state of Texas you can prove me wrong prove me wrong House Bill 25 is one of the greatest victories for equality for girls since Title VI passed 50 years ago, Swanson said in a statement. I have fought, she is the uh, sponsor of the bill. I have fought for every political and legislative uh, obstacle for an entire year, session after session, to protect the 332,000 girls in UIL sports, and I am overjoyed that Governor Abbott has signed my bill into law. Mary Emily O'Hara, a spokesperson for GLAD and LGBTQ media advocacy, 
advocacy organization, said bills limiting which sports transgender students can participate in is the latest angle to attack LGBTQ rights. O'Hara says the groups behind these sports bills are the same that rallied behind legislation prohibiting the transgender individuals from accessing bathrooms designated for their gender identity. So maybe this is, that is a law in the state of Texas. But until that is law in the state, in all 50 states, saying that men cannot go into women's restrooms and vice versa, this issue is not important. And this issue won't be important if we do prevent men from going into women's restrooms. Because then they won't be considered men if they're a woman, and they won't be considered women if they're men. This isn't transphobia. This is basic biology. Just like I'm anti-gay marriage. That isn't gay phobia. I don't know. I don't know. That is basic biology. <laughs> Not gay phobia, homophobia. That's basic biology. Men and women can reproduce. They are a couple. Men and men cannot reproduce, and women can women cannot reproduce for longer than two weeks before the baby dies. And then you're only reproducing daughters, and they have bone marrow, and they can't survive. This is not an important issue. This is not an issue we should be wasting our time on. And if if you asked me three months ago if we should, I would have said yes. And this whole Loudoun County report came out about this 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 man, this 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 male child who had a skirt on, who sexually harassed and assaulted a a girl in the women's restroom in a Loudoun County school. That is an issue. That is a lot more of an issue than this is. Than making sure boys can't play in girls' sports. That's not... It's a, it's an important issue. If we had one transgender athlete in the entire school system in the entire country. That plays with their preferred pronoun. But we don't. So this issue should be addressed once it's an issue. But it's not an issue, so it shouldn't be addressed right now. We should be addressing more important things, like the vaccine, which Texas has done, so I guess I can't really use that argument. But anyway, you know what I'm getting at. This isn't the most important issue that we could be facing in the country right now. So arrest Fauci. A hashtag goes viral after the latest Fauci controversy. You know, I thought the only thing you had to do in this country was to... Strip Americans away from their essential rights, and then you could ju- you, you you'd be fired from your job. I, I thought that's all you needed, you know. Apparently not. Apparently you have to kill beagle puppies in a lab while letting them be eaten alive. I, I should I should preface this by saying this is a very uh, graphic article. So maybe just 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 viewer or listener extra, uh, discretion is advised. Many Twitter users reacted in disgust after it emerged the National Institute of Health, NIH, which Dr. Anthony Fauci oversees, reportedly partially funded cruel research involving dogs. Republican South Carolina Representative Nancy Mace released a letter signed by Democrats and Republicans calling for an investigation into the NIH Revelations Laboratory in Tunisa. Tunisa conducted a cruel experiment on dogs. According to documents obtained by the Freedom of Information Act, request by taxpayer watchdog group White Coat Waste Project, a subsequent media coverage from October 2018 until February 2019, NIAID spent $1.68 million in taxpayer funds on drug tests involving 44 beagle puppies. The letter read. 
Dr. Fauci has not done a single good thing in his career. He's getting paid more than the president. And he has not done a single good thing in his career. And now he's murdering dogs and making them get eaten alive. The PETA uh, spokesperson said on Tucker Carlson last night that these are, these are experiments that can only be thought of by Freddy Krueger. Beagle puppies are being murdered by Dr. Fauci being eaten alive on our dime. Dr. Fauci needs to leave. He should resign. He needs to resign. I, I, I doubt he will. But he should resign. That is disgusting. I, I don't even want to get into the details of this, to be completely honest. Dr. Fauci is such a cruel human being. Not only did he strip Americans away of our essential rights, but he's stripping dogs away too. Wow. This has been the Conservative Crusader Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you rate five stars on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, or follow on your favorite podcast platform. Follow me on Twitter, GOP Josh20, and my YouTube, which I do not post on a GOP Josh, but if you want to subscribe there anyway, you can. Rumble is at GOPJosh.com slash show. Every platform is GOPJosh.com slash show. And make sure, yeah, you you uh, you like if you're on Rumble or you rumble if you're on Rumble. I don't know what it's called. Uh, follow, rate five stars. Uh, follow me on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, rumble yeah all right all right it's about everything peace stay tuned how do i say peace no stay tuned stay tuned not peace stay tuned